Hello and welcome to Access AI, where we will be exploring AI in asset management and wealth management with a number of individuals from within Arabesque AI, as well as the wider AI community. I'm your host, Lloyd Reynolds. I look after business development for Arabesque AI. Thank you very much for joining us today. I'm sure today's topic will be fascinating. The performance of the DWS concept ESG Airbus AI Global Equity Fund mentioned in this episode relates to past performance from March 31st to December 7th, 2021. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results and fund returns will fluctuate over long and short-term periods. Figures mentioned are in USD and are net of fees. Information has been sourced from DWS and Airbus AI. This episode of the podcast has been approved as a financial promotion by Arabesque Asset Management, which is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. It is not intended to be a promotion of any individual investment opportunity and is not an offer to the public. This communication should not be construed as an investment recommendation and should not be considered an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any security to any person in any jurisdiction to whom or in which such offer, solicitation, or sale is unlawful. Investing involves risks including loss of capital, illiquidity, lack of dividends, and dilution, and should be done only as part of a diversified portfolio. Investments should only be made by those who understand these risks and after consulting with a professional advisor. Thank you for joining us today on our second podcast in our series. I'm here today with Rainer Martin, who's head of portfolio engineering at DWS. And Rainer is our second guest. And I'm super excited to to be with Rainer today. Although, Rainer, where are you today? Because I know I'm in the UK, but where are you? I'm actually sitting in a place near Frankfurt. It's okay. called Barzoden. It's a suburb of Frankfurt. Okay, good. So through the, through the power of uh, video and tech, we're, we're able to see and talk to each other. So welcome, first of all. Thank you. And uh, we're going to start today with a, a, an overview of DWS and the relationship with Arabesque AI. But the first thing I need to ask you, which I'm already regretting after the first episode with uh, Yasin, is what is your favorite AI movie? Okay, my favorite AI movie is Kubrick's 2001. Remember, the spaceship Mm -hmm. was controlled by a very advanced computer with a human personality, which the crew had to disable when it started killing crew members to protect the mission. And similar as with Yasin's Terminator, this one is also one where AI goes horribly wrong. But I guess failure makes, makes movies interesting Definitely. And that, that's why I'm already regretting asking this question about AI movies, because it always seems that <laughs> AI goes badly wrong in the movies. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but movies where everything works are boring, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Good, Ryder. Thanks for that. Uh, next, if you, you, you know, if you could just give a, a little introduction to your career, you know, how did you get to, to DWS? What have you done you know, over the, the last few years? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've started out in Germany, actually a long time ago, studying mathematics and computer science at what is now called the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. And then I did my PhD in uh, pure mathematics in California at UCLA. Wow. At the time, I got uh, quite curious about how advanced mathematics is being used on Wall Street. And I actually ended up modeling and trading exotic derivatives for some investment banks, specifically Deutsche Bank, Citigroup and Merrill Lynch. I worked in London, I worked in New York for 11 years before returning to Germany eventually. Uh, In the meantime, then at DWS, where I ended up in systematic investment of various sorts, mainly in the context of mass individualized retirement products. Okay, okay. And what was um, 
California like? That must have been incredibly interesting. It's an incredibly interesting place. I mean, LA is a, a quiet taste, as people say, but it's a really great place. I mean, I didn't want to end up there eventually, but uh, sp spending a few years there was fantastic. Maverick, uh, it's boring a little bit, but bit after time. You have a, a week of rain in February, but otherwise it's sunshine. It's sunshine, the same sunshine. weather throughout. But very, uh, but very dry, so it's never, never unpleasant. And so now you're uh, just outside of Frankfurt with DWS. Perhaps if you could just give, you know, a little overview on DWS for our audience. Sure, sure. So we are leading asset manager. We have about 900 billion euros in assets. We are headquartered in Frankfurt in Germany, but our three and a half thousand employees are spread over the globe and they provide a range of traditional but also alternative investment capabilities to clients worldwide. And um, you already touched on it, but um, in terms of your pure mathematics background at UCLA, but what made you particularly interested in that intersection between AI and finance? Well, in, as you say, generally, I've been always interested in the intersection of finance, mathematics and technology. And so it was quite natural for me to look into applications of AI a few years ago when uh, it became clear that it has the potential to change the industry profoundly. And you were hearing more and more astonishing stories in the news about what AI can do. So in particular, uh, I myself a Go player, so I got quite interested in the success of AlphaGo when it beat okay. the uh, best player in the world at the time, uh, Lisa Dole, in a, in a spectacular match. Okay, so you weren't put off by 2001 AD, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Still no. excited by AI. And how did the relationship between DWS and Arabesque AI come about? Well, uh, at the end of 2019, DWS acquired a stake in our best AI uh, of about 20, well, for exactly 24.9%. And also the two companies agreed on a strategic partnership to enhance the capabilities of the AI engine and to develop hopefully sophisticated AI-based investment products and solutions. Okay. And, I, you know, I know it's um, early days in our relationship and we... Um, uh, launched a strategy with you in March of this year, I believe. How, how has that um, strategy performed and, you know, how has the AI engine worked over that period? Yeah, yeah exactly. We launched it end of March and, you know, we had to put a lot of effort in it, making sure that all the pieces are in place. And it was a quite fruitful cooperation with AI bringing in the world-class AI expertise and us bringing in portfolio construction and all the practical elements you have when you implement the fund and if you want, when you make sure that all the fiduciary duties and all the regulatory requirements are taken care of. I was quite nervous because I've seen projects fail in the past. So it was very exciting to see and very satisfying to see that uh, the product worked like clockwork. Uh, we have actually a 3% outperformance over the benchmark, which was, which was also up quite a bit. Yeah. But, but early early days, but uh, nevertheless, good performance so far and a good, I know from our side, hopefully from your side, a good relationship as well. Absolutely. Okay, brilliant. I think we're going to um, move on now and talk a little bit about um, AI and trends in asset management and sort of broaden the conversation out a, a little bit. Sure. 
So from, you know, from your perspective, sitting within DWS, you know, one of Europe's, the world's largest asset managers, what are the trends that you're seeing today in the asset management industry with regards to AI? Okay, I guess there were probably three essential. You can group it into three trends. One is in the area of client interfacing. You know, today's customers are used to smooth and predictive interfaces, which you have from the likes of Amazon and Facebook. And they do expect that from our industry as well. Now, you cannot deliver this without strong AI systems. And also with more branches closing uh, in Germany, for example, uh, it means that digital means of distributing funds become increasingly more important. The second trend is that uh, firms are starting to truly realize the importance of data. More and more data types and data itself becomes available in numerical form and in unstructured form. And it becomes in many different places, in many different forms, in many different, or of many different levels of quality. And you need a systematic effort to deal with this. As a consequence, firms are evolving their data strategies. Also, there are quite a few vendors out there which are trying to help. And then the third trend is really a consequence of the second. The investment process itself is becoming increasingly data-driven which makes increased use of quantitative method and AI necessary. And this requires substantial investments into R&D and technology in general. Okay. And what, um, you know, you have touched on a number of these, but what are the AI solutions that are most appealing to asset management firms at the moment? Or what are the, the elements of AI, for instance, I can think of in auto CIO, we offer, you know, hyper customization, um, active strategies, you know, is it digitization? Is it the integration of ESG? You know, what are the things that are um, most appealing to asset management firms such as DWS? Um, I think there are two issues at play here. Okay. On one hand, you can, with AI, you can deliver a better and a more attractive product at a lower cost, at least on the long run. Okay, uh, product hopefully performs better as it has increased access to data and also it fits the client's needs more accurately through to customization. The other issue is that uh, all this doesn't happen in a vacuum. When our competitors make use of these things, uh, we are forced to do yourself. You don't want to end up as Kodak of the asset manage management <laughs> industry having invented digital photography, but not pushing it into the market out of fear of self-cannibalization. So on that last point, so how, how do you make sure that, uh, I suppose DWS has been an early adopter of AI, how do you make sure that you stay ahead of the, the competition? Because lots of asset managers are currently looking at AI. Well, uh, one of the main means, I would say, is is our relationship with Arabesque. So we have a, you know, fundamentally, you need to make a decision when you uh, when you work with AI, either you uh, you buy or you build. And in our case, we, we bought a stake of uh, of Arabesque, and we have a, and we have this very fruitful relationship. So this is our main means of of staying on top because. Via Arabesque, we have access to top people, to top, to state-of-the-art technology, uh, and to all that. You know, one of the questions that um, clients ask us is, do we see 
um, AI is replacing portfolio managers? It's a question we often get asked. I wondered what your your, your view was on that. Yeah, um, not at all. I think, in fact, it was a worry which uh, many people here at DWS had initially when we announced the partnership. Uh, they asked themselves, you know, will I be replaced by an AI very soon? But I think uh, that fear has eased because people now realize that the purpose of AI or the benefit of AI primarily is in supporting uh, humans with their decisions. In terms of, um, we talked about some of the, the pros of applying AI to, to AM. If you're, you know, talking to a, you know, a competitor a, at, a, at another asset management firm and they ask you, you know, Rainer, what are some of the difficulties you've experienced in applying AI to AM? What would be some of the difficulties that you, you've identified? So a fundamental problem is actually to find proper use cases. Well, in some ways, uh, AI is less scalable than is often assumed. And here I refer to transferability, meaning when you have one problem solved with AI, it doesn't necessarily help you to solve the next problem a lot, besides having learned something and having built up infrastructure, maybe. So it is really quite important to focus your energies on the right use cases as early as possible. Another quite concrete and fundamental difficulty has to do with explainability. The nature of AI systems is to discover subtle, subtle relationships in an ocean of data, which can lead to outcomes which are hard to explain in human terms. And it's a good thing that it's an active area actually of research in AI to improve explainability. For example, I just seen a paper on Alpha Zero, which is the chess AI. Uh, which has acquired its chess knowledge without any help of human games or human expertise. The authors of this paper, they include a former world champion and they investigate whether what Alpha Zero has learned can be understood in terms of classical chess concepts. So it's explainability issue in, in another area of AI, but uh, I think it has a similar, similar questions. Okay, and how, how have you addressed, you know, the, particularly the issue about explainability, because that is something that, again, has come up with other client conversations we've had. Is that something that you've managed to address or are addressing, or it still remains one of the difficulties? Well, the, uh, the explainability issue came up quite early in any conversations with our, with our clients. So um, we came back to Arabesque and we discussed it at length, and uh, we, we all agreed that this is something where we need to do work on. And uh, this is what we did. So we did some studies you know, together on um, how you can explain uh, decisions the AI engine made in certain cases. However, there are no easy answers to that. I mean, you can get a bit of sense and you can get a bit of data and so on uh, supporting the decision, but uh, it's certainly not a not a easily solvable problem, and it's actually uh, took a lot of effort for to investigate a particular case. Uh, we are working on making that effort more scalable. Okay, okay. And you uh, mentioned transferability and use cases. Um, am I to understand that you're referring to make sure that um, so in our relationship that the AI works in uh, equity strategies, and then how do you transfer that to credit, for instance, or other asset classes? Is that what you were referring to? 
Um, it wasn't what I had in okay. mind there, but it's certainly uh, it's certainly <laughs> it's certainly a, a good good topic. Um, and I think probably going from equity to um, credit is not necessarily something where you have an issue with transferability. What I meant more is that uh, I, some people had sort of the the feeling that there is an AI out there. It's machine who thinks for itself and you feed it with an arbitrary problem and you get a you get an answer um, but the fact is you know the AI engine has a very specific purpose making investment uh, recommendations and you can't readily readily apply it to um, our other things which are still asset management questions but but a little bit of different nature. So in that sense, I meant the um, transferability or the um, yeah is is overestimated. Also, I think I remember I read somewhere that many AI startups actually fail because of um, they don't manage to scale up um, the their operations or not their operations their research uh, enough to become sufficiently proficient. So, so the the importance of continuing research once you've built the AI engine? Is that what you're referring to or the operational infrastructure to maintain that AI engine? Well, I think it's more, uh, I was more referring to in the clarity of uh, what you want to do with it, right? You can, you have uh, investment recommendations, uh, investment strategies, which AI gives you and the AI engine, and you have to improve that and you can widen it. um, But you cannot do our things with the engine necessarily, you better concentrate your efforts in making uh, the engine in what it is uh, state of the art as possible. Yes. Yeah. Rather than doing everything which has anything to do with AI. Yeah, I think, I think well, you know, we would agree with you on that, definitely. Yeah. So just um, uh, moving in a slightly different direction, how have clients reacted to the AI element of the um, fund, the investment strategy we launched with DWS? I mean, clearly the uh, the issue we already talked about, the explainability is uh, is something which is on the forefront of everything people ask because, you know, in particular, if you have a, let's say, client advisor who needs to explain to their clients uh, why strategy does what it does, uh, they want to have clarity, they want to have uh, explanation and uh, they want to have it in in human terms, you know, not yes. mathematics. I mean, that's a big issue, very very clearly. Um, the our issue, uh, which is a starting issue, let's say, is the track record. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have an institutional investor, investor primarily, they require, let's say, three years of track record before they seriously invest into it, and that's something you you cannot short circuit really. Right. No. You have you yeah. have to build up the track record. It has to be convincing, um, and before that, it's very hard to move the product in in large scale. Yes, but the good thing is, you know, uh, everything we've we've seen so far, it's really uh, providing a, a very very nice track record. So we should be set. Brilliant, brilliant. Time to come. And on the so on, I understand on the track record side, we, we need to build up a longer track record. On the explainability side, do you think that that uh, may become less important as AI gets used more and more, you know, by 
other asset managers that um, clients get more used to seeing AI in their um, investment solutions? Or do you think it's something that will always be a, a problem? Well, I think it will it will get less because people get used to this new technology. They acquire confidence, you know, if they see it working. Um, so these questions become less. I think they're, they're strong if you're starting out, right, and you don't have a track record, and then people ask, you know, at least tell us, you know, why the engine is doing what it's doing. But it also will not go away. Uh, that's also clear. Yeah. And we're also going to have regulators uh, requiring us to be, to be fairly transparent. So it's, it will be not just from the client side, it will also be from the regulatory side, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that we will address need to address this. So we shall watch that space in terms of explainability and performance and how they they come together over the, the coming months and years. Yeah, definitely. But you've touched on this a little bit, but what has worked well for you so far in the relationship between DWS and Arabesque? I really have to say uh, almost everything. It's been an absolute pleasure to work with Arabesque AI. Truly great people, and we all want this cooperation to succeed. Also, our core expertises are quite complementary, so both sides have been very keen to learn. So that that really was a was a great fit. You know, as an example, one question which we have discussed quite a bit was which in which form um, should the signal be provided by the engine? Uh, in which form is it best suited for portfolio construction? What's the most suitable prediction target is it a binary classifier is it a regression questions like that and uh, yeah we had really fruitful discussions great great also. and so uh, from that what so we have our uh, the global esg strategy that we've launched but what what are the future strategies that you see coming out of the relationship between arabesque and dws we are specifically already looking at our investment universes where we can apply sort of the same same concepts and i think that is going to be the next products um, coming in 2022 uh, if everything goes well in particular if you know if the power of the ai engine has been demonstrated there's certainly much more to come and uh, another thing we already touched on briefly uh, i think there is opportunity to apply AI engine technology to the credit space as well. And there's a project we are currently actively working on. And uh, I believe that should be quite interesting as well. Okay. Okay. So that I think we're coming to the end of the, the podcast, Reiner. So I had a final question for you. And you've uh, touched on this a couple of times in our discussion. But what advice would you... Um, give to other asset managers who are looking to integrate AI into their offering? <laughs> well, I would say if you haven't started yet, then better get going fast. Uh, and also if you if you want to integrate AI, make sure you have a clear view of whether you want to partner up with somebody, with a smart vendor as we did, or whether you want to build up your own team, uh, building up expertise in-house. Also, uh, be aware that implementing AI means a lot of R&D work with unclear outcome and uh, needs to be treated as such. Uh, failure needs to be tolerated. Okay, But, you know, if you do that, the results will be worth it. Brilliant. 
It's been a pleasure talking to you today, Rainer. Thank you very much yes, for all your time. Thank you. Thanks to all our listeners as well. Thank you.